Gohagakam. So that's Saturday, the 8th of October 2022. So this is the time for us to study the Dhamma now and to walk on this noble eightfold path of sila, samadhi and panya, virtue, collectedness and wisdom. And so this panya or wisdom, it's a thorough all-around knowing. Just like how we have chanted before today, this uh, anicca, what a sankara, that all sankaras, or fabricated things, are changing, they're impermanent. And they have arising as their nature and ceasing as their nature. So this word sankara, conditions or fabrications, can refer to physical conditioned things or mental conditioned things. And sankara is anything which has conditions that proliferate it into existence. And those are sankharas. That which has causes and conditions which give rise to it. And all of those things are inconstant and impermanent. They have arising, persisting and ceasing as their nature. So just like our houses, or various buildings, dharma halls, stupas, all of these have causes and conditions that bring them into being. And they also have breaking apart as their nature as well. So the things of nature are like this too. Um, that when they have causes and conditions, then they arise. So we need to understand, to study all of these things. So there's the external forms. So some of those are natural forms, such as mountains and trees and rivers. And there are other forms which are artificial humans have created. But all of these forms have arising and ceasing as their nature. And then there's the form of this body, this heap of earth, water, fire and air. And this too is of the nature to arise, to stay for a bit and to cease. And so that's, that's physicality or form. And then in terms of nama, this mentality, then there are the khandas of the vedana, of feelings, and sanya is perception or memory, sankhara is formations, mental formations, and vijnana is uh, sense consciousness. And so these are four more of the five khandas that too are of the nature to arise, persist, and cease. So when we gather these all together, and these form and mentality, as the five khandas. And the Buddha taught these 84,000 Dharma teachings, and really the meaning of all of these is that form and feeling and perception, mental formation, sense consciousness are inconstant, they're stressful 
in their not-self. So we study this in order to understand, in order to stand, understand this particular matter. And if we don't understand this, then we're carrying a heavy burden, which is that we have clinging to uh, physical and mental things. That there's a me and there's things that belong to me. And this feeling arises constantly. Which means that we are going along, pulled along by the current of the world. But if we go against that flow in order to enter into the stream of the Dhamma, then that's something that's quite difficult to do. It's like we're swimming and swimming against the current, or there's a very strong wind that's blowing and we're walking into that wind. It requires a lot of energy, a lot of effort, more than what's normal to be able to do that. But even though it requires that energy, it's not above our capability, it's not above the effort that we have. Going against the world and into the stream of the Dhamma. So Sotapanas, those who have seen the Dhamma, they have fallen into the stream of the Dhamma. And they've seen into this nature of arising, persisting and ceasing and how that's normal. And that's what's allowed them to go into the stream of Dhamma, knowing nature as it is, accepting the truth of fabricated things. These fabricated physical things, fabricated mental things. Whatever they're like, that we accept them as that. So how do we accept these? And how do we bring about their stilling? Because this stilling and the cessation of sankharas um, is what allows us to reach nibbana, allows us to reach the unconditioned. And so nibbana is we sankhara. It's something which doesn't have causes and conditions bringing it about. And that there isn't anything that's conditioning the mind. So we need to set aside some time for us to train in mindfulness, bring our samadhi to stability so that wisdom can arise, which allows us to gain an understanding into physical and mental things, bringing about emptiness in this mind. And so that emptiness can come through samadhi, can come through wisdom. It's a period where the mind is empty from proliferation, from all proliferation, and so it's reached this level of Buddha, this inner awakening. And so if we train our minds to be freed from that, from proliferation, we'll be able to get there. And we understand the nature of things and see into the nature of not-self. And then we'll gain more energy and our energy becomes full. This power of faith and belief, the power of our effort and our persistence, developing our samadhi, making, developing mindfulness, making samadhi firm so that wisdom arises. And all of these powers become complete. 
And these are Bharami as well, these spiritual virtues. Now Bharami becomes complete too. And in that state, then we see the Dhamma, and we fall into the flow of the Dhamma. And it's not difficult at that time. Initially, however, it is difficult and it is arduous. But we have this faith, we have conviction, and we set our hearts on this. And as we carry on with that, then we feel an inner peace and coolness and joy and happiness arise. And then we gain the understanding that this is what it's like, the mind that's brought to peace, the mind in samadhi is just like this. Then we contemplate so that wisdom arises and we're able to put things down, able to let go of all the sense impressions, those from the past, those happening in the present, and speculation over the future. We're able to let go of all of this, and this letting go is wisdom. It's wisdom that allows us to let go. And then we understand that the things that we know, the things that we listen to, that these are conventions. Just like how we call a monastery a monastery, that is a convention. And that we're practicing, that's also a convention. So if we have the mindfulness there, we'll see that uh, these, sorry, if we've reached this level of vimuti, of liberation, then these conventions just aren't there. We'll see that there isn't a me, there isn't a mine. There's no me, there's no you, there's no being, there's no person. So when the mind is liberated, then there's no monk, no novice, no layperson. There's emptiness that's there in the heart. So may you all contemplate this a bit. We can contemplate how the things that we desire in this world, do they last? Do they change? Are they really there? And we can try and seek them out, try and investigate this. Ask ourselves, well, why do we take these things which are always changing to be me? And how can that possibly be me? Just like this body, it's always in a state of flux, it's always changing. So why is it that that could be me? We can ask ourselves that. Ask ourselves, do we actually want this change? This body, it gets old, it gets painful, it breaks apart. Do we actually want for that to happen? And no minds, the mind of no being, desires that. It doesn't wish for that. But then why is it like that? It's because we can't order it to be otherwise. It's above our capability to control. Its nature is for it to be this way. And so Ajahn Chah once asked, well, who is it that cries? Well, I don't know. Who is it that's delighted? Well, I don't know. And so there's not knowing. It's just four elements. It's just five khandas. It's just its nature. It's born and then it breaks apart. But for the people who don't know this, then they're delighted and they're upset in this way. 
So we should contemplate so that we can gain an understanding of this, seeing the truth of sankharas, seeing how they're not sure, they're unreliable, they're changing. But we still attach to them as being a self, and that's because our wisdom has yet to arise. The knowledge that we have is just the knowledge that comes through perception or memory, but it's not the true arising of wisdom. It's not that which allows us to let go. And we hear about this letting go, putting down, and we listen to those teachings, but we're not yet able to do them. But we should listen and try and put them into practice first. And when our mindfulness becomes better, and then our collectedness and uh, the caution that we show uh, becomes full. Our generosity, our virtue becomes complete. And then mindfulness grows, samadhi becomes well established. We're able to be more and more collected. And then we can understand how this merit and demerit, they all arise just in this heart. We contemplate to see things in this way, and wisdom grows steadily, a little bit at a time, and it becomes more and more clear. So when this vipassana jnana, this knowledge of insight arises, then we see these things with clarity, and the mind it doesn't fall into liking and disliking. And so in every presently arisen state, there just there one clearly sees, unmoved, unagitated, such insight is one's strength. And so in no long time, then samadhi develops in the stages. And whether standing, sitting, walking, lying down, engaging in our work or duties, we can have that samadhi there while we're doing it. Having a mindfulness well established alongside these activities, it's really incredible at this point. So when we train ourselves in samadhi like this, then when we're walking, then we can be at peace. The mind is in a state of calm. And then, and so this is the stilling of the mind. But next, as we contemplate, then we can still the defilements themselves. So we should train ourselves in this way even though we still may have attachment towards these sankharas, these fabrications, we contemplate these fabrications, how they are. And we understand that devas, these heavenly beings, they also have sankharas. Brahma gods have sankharas. Beings on realms or in realms lower than the human also have sankharas, which are all of the nature to arise and cease. And so the path leading to the stilling and the cessation of these sankharas is this very way of sila, samadhi and panya. So we need to train ourselves in this way. So even though we may have occupations that we need to be engaged in, and we should do those with mindfulness, meditating alongside that, not just abandoning our practice. Because this meditation is food for the heart. 
sometimes we go through periods, perhaps, where we don't meditate, we don't practice, and the mind becomes dry and withered. But then when we create goodness, there's a brightness there. There's a joy that arises in the heart, and this is a very important joy. Some people, they've never practiced before in this life, but then they gain the faith to do that. They gain the sincerity, and they gain conviction in this path, and now it doesn't feel so difficult anymore. So they're able to put their efforts into it. And it's the effort, this effort, that will free us from suffering. So we can explain to ourselves, teach ourselves through wisdom, in order for our minds to gain an understanding. But if our samadhi is firm, then wisdom arises easily. But if samadhi isn't stable, then this is just on the level of sanya, perception or memory. And that's not enough to be able to clean out uh, the greed, hatred and delusion from our hearts. And so, therefore, we should set our hearts on this practice, on this day, this opportunity that we have. Because we have this chance to train our minds before this body breaks apart. Following its nature, following causes and conditions. And these are always at work. So we should try to gain the wisdom to know these sankharas for what they are, to gain the understanding that allows us to let go. And sometimes this letting go is easier, and that relies upon the energy of our mindfulness and our wisdom. But in the end, as we persist, then we'll be able to cross over samsara, the cycle of birth and death, to change our views and fall into the stream of the Dhamma. So may you all set your hearts on this.